Hey guys, I am Katherine McGuire and welcome to the All Around Dog. Today we're going to talk about motivation and agility. Motivation is something generally we consider kind of synonymous with speed and agility. And it's something that is crucial to the sport of agility. Um, And depending on what level of agility we're talking about, it can be the make it or break it. Um, You know, at local competitions, if you're just looking for cues, your dog needs to be decently fast, fast enough to be under standard course time. But if you're going to big national events or wanting to win, then you're going to want your dog to be pretty darn fast as they run through that course. You know, every dog is different. And so I think it's really important for us to take that into account when we talk about dogs and their motivation in agility. What I like to think about when it comes to my dog's motivation with agility is making agility itself, running the course, running sequences, synonymous with the reinforcement. And this is how we create associations. So when I'm creating an association for my dog, I am going to pair whatever it is with something that they really love. So no dog is born loving agility, but there are certain dogs that are born with a natural genetic disposition to like to go fast and to like to work with humans. Um, And so those dogs end up often being very popular in agility. And then there are other breeds of dogs that are maybe not bred for those things. And so we need to take all of these things into consideration when we talk about motivation in agility as well. I have run um, quite a few different types of dogs in agility my first one being my Sheltie mix, Joey, that I started training in agility in, oh my goodness, I want to say 1998, maybe 1997, somewhere around there. Now, at the time, I was very young and didn't have much experience. I did a lot of training with this dog and with a lot of other dogs, but as I said before on my last podcast, my training, although it had lots of treats and some elements of positive reinforcement, also had a lot of punishment. And although I didn't do a lot of punishment in agility with my dog, I did require a lot of him. I did ask him to do a lot of repetitions and a lot of agility because I really loved agility and he was not as into it as I was and kind of rightly so. I made him do it over and over and over again and he did not think that that experience was particularly great. So looking back on it now, I know that I didn't create enough reinforcement in that experience for him to really love the game of agility. 
Now, since then, I have run a German Shepherd mix in agility, a Dachshund, my Border Collie, um, who never competed but did train, and my Pyrenean Shepherds. And um, so that's quite a few different types of dogs and a lot of different ways that they needed to be motivated. So when I talk about um, agility being reinforcing, what I want ideally before I go into the ring is I want the game of agility to be reinforcing in itself. That doesn't mean that I don't reward my dog for it. It doesn't mean that I don't give them reinforcement for playing the game with me. I still do. Every time I come out of the ring, I take my dog over. And my dog's primary um, reinforcer is treats because that's what they love more than anything else, more than toys. And so they still get paid when they come out of the ring. We still go and get their cookies. But the game has become so fun. The game of agility has become so fun that that in itself is reinforcing. And that's really when most of the time when you see the dogs who really get out there and they just look like they're having so much fun, that's what's happened. That game has become so much fun. It's synonymous with their rate of their reinforcement. Now there are tons of dogs who don't run that way and don't have that experience of agility. And there can be tons of reasons why that is. So I'm really going to focus on the dogs who are not motivated because they have not created that association. They have not created the association between the game of agility and it being that reinforcing as reinforcing is whatever their favorite thing is. So a lot of times you'll see dogs who go out to do their agility run and they'll kind of start out slow but then they'll really speed up at the end. That usually tells me that that dog is excited about the reinforcer that they're going to get at the end, but the game of agility is not as reinforcing as that reinforcer. So how do we create this? Um, I do lots of tiny sequences, single obstacles for reinforcement. And I'll even do games like racing my dog to a a dog bowl that has a treat in it. And I'll let them win over and over and over again and get to that bowl before I do. But when they've got that game and when they're motivated to get to that bowl, I'll sometimes race them there and get to the bowl before they do. And that's just a fun speed game. There's also things that you can do like when you see your dog having a blast and really running. You can even name that behavior. You can see, I like to say, go, go, go. That's my go, 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 really turn on the speed. And when my dogs are zooming around, I say, go, go, go. And then on the course, when we're really going and maybe get into a straight line of jumps, I'll say the same thing. Um, And they actually have that association with that running and how much fun that is with being on course. But The key is to keep it short, quit before your dog is tired or done. And that's a big deal, right? Because usually we want to quit once we want to quit and once we've fixed something or done it perfectly. And that word perfect, that strive for perfection is so often what can kill drive in dogs. 
because we sit there and we want to make sure that we get it perfect. So we do it over and over and over again. And our dogs, they don't know why we're doing it over and over and over again. They don't know that they did it wrong necessarily. And if they do know that they did it wrong, then that could cause them to slow down and hesitate as well because they're trying to figure out how to do it right. I have a policy with my dogs that they really can't do anything wrong in agility. They pretty much are always right for giving me an effort, for giving me speed, for giving me enthusiasm. That's always right. The other stuff, if there's something wrong, we can break it down and train it a little bit better so that it's not wrong anymore. But more often than not, it's not really the dog doing something wrong. It's usually me. And I came from the horse world before the dog world. And there's something that every rider knows. And that is, it's always the rider's fault. In the horse world, it's always the rider's fault. And I think that that's a very pertinent thing to keep in mind when we're talking about dog sports as well. It's always the handler's fault. And... It's something we don't stress enough, I think, in dog training and dog sports, but it is always the handler's fault. And even if you did everything right, honestly, if you did everything right and your dog did something wrong, then it's the handler's fault because you did something wrong in training or you didn't train it enough to be going out there and performing it or you didn't put enough stimulus control on it to be able to handle it in that environment. So it is always the handler's fault. And nine times out of 10, especially if you have a video of that run, you'll watch it and actually realize that you did mistakenly give the wrong cue. So it's not really fair to tell your dog in that moment that they did it wrong. Which brings me to another point that we can easily shut our dogs down in training when something goes wrong, even when we know that it wasn't their fault because we get frustrated with ourselves. So let's say I make a mistake on course and I get frustrated and I turn to the instructor and want information, but now my dog didn't do anything wrong, doesn't understand why I'm frustrated and shut down. And so they kind of go, well, this isn't very fun. You're frustrated and annoyed and I'm trying my heart out over here. This isn't great. And it becomes... A vicious cycle, right? Because then my dog isn't as enthusiastic about doing it. And then I'm frustrated about my dog's enthusiasm and speed. Why aren't they doing it as quickly as they used to? Well, because it's not as fun. So I kind of have a policy of faking it when my dog is out there trying their heart out and I do something wrong. Even if I'm frustrated with myself and annoyed, I'm going to fake it with my dog that I am super happy. They didn't do anything wrong. I'm happy. They, or yeah, I pretend like I'm happy and they get paid because they're still doing everything right. I figure out what I did wrong and then we redo it. But my dog's just as motivated to do it the next time because I let them know that they didn't do anything wrong. And I think that sometimes we forget how important our emotions are to our dogs. So the reinforcement that goes along with agility and really with all dog training includes our emotions. And sometimes when we get into all of the really important science stuff when it comes to 
dog training, I think we sometimes forget about how important our emotional reaction to our dogs is because it really makes a big difference. So I might pay my dog with food, but if I'm not happy, they might not take it the same way. And I'm, I'm not sure if this is true of all dogs, but I think it's, I think it's true of most dogs and I would venture to say maybe all dogs because really they do care about how we feel, right? They're these emotionally bonded animals. And so even if I'm paying them with food, if the emotions behind it are not there, my dog's going to know something's off. So I really do make every attempt to fake it for my dogs on the course. Yeah, you know what? You did awesome. I'm going to pay you and we're going to have a party and I'm going to tell you that you are amazing and then we're going to go back and do it again and I won't mess up so bad. And that's really, really important to me because I want to keep that speed and that motivation up for my dogs. And Andrew, my primary agility dog, um, you know, I he's a pretty fast dog. I think we do pretty well. And for him... Agility is the reinforcement and he still gets paid every time he leaves the ring, but agility has become so fun and so motivating for him that just getting out there is, is everything. He loves it. He thinks it's absolutely spectacular. And that's what I want. I want for him to have the same enjoyment with agility that I do. It's really, really important to me. So I make every effort to make sure that he understands that. So um, when we're thinking about dogs that are maybe not as motivated, we want to make sure that, we're, that we are um, keeping up those happy emotions, doing short sequences. And I also think sometimes taking a break from agility can be useful. I know that's not the most popular thing, but sometimes we can have a tendency to overtrain We can just be doing it so much that our dogs get a little bored with the whole thing. It becomes very mechanical. It just becomes very kind of the thing that we do. It's like, um, you know, when, when a child is involved with a sport or an activity and they love it and they think it's great, but if you tell them that they have to go practice, yeah, sometimes it's not so great. Because you got to do it all the time and it becomes kind of like work. And I think sometimes our dogs think of agility as work. And I'd really like for our dogs to think of agility as play. It's super fun. And every dog has a different motivator. And every dog has a different level of what excites them and what makes them happy. So find a way to bring that into your agility training. And on that note... I wanted to, as I was thinking about this podcast and and formulating what I was going to talk about, I was thinking about the fact that Andrew, um, at big events at least, does not generally have a start line or I don't ask him to have a start line because he gets so excited about the run and about agility that he has a very, very hard time holding his start line. And at local trials, a lot of the time I'll ask him to do a start line and it's not a big deal and he can totally do it. 
But at big events, he just gets too amped. And to be fair, it probably has much more to do with me and my excitement and nervousness than it actually does with him. And I know that, and I'm very honest about that with him, because if I'm that high and that excited, I need to be fair to him. And if I was able to go back to the very beginning of his training and redo all of his start line training, I could probably do a lot better. I could probably create a better, more reinforcing scenario with his start line. Because even early on, he was getting so excited about the game, he really just didn't want to hold that start line. And I would try to go back and reset it, and he wouldn't be quite as fast the next time. He would feel like he had done something wrong, and he didn't want to do it wrong again, so his motivation would drop a little bit. And I'm not saying don't train your dog how to do a start line because I think it's really crucial. And actually, Nick's, my younger one, has a lovely start line and that's not a problem. But at this point with where Andrew is, I know that he is sensitive enough to my excitement at big events that it's it's a struggle for him to hold that start line. So I don't ask him to. I hold... I, I, hold him and drop him. I don't actually drop him, but I hold up his front end. I let his la- his back feet be on the ground and I drop him and we run together. And I've had to learn how to be a much faster runner in order to do that. But it's what makes him happy. And man, I think he hits a different speed when I do that. He thinks that it is absolutely fantastic. In fact, I think it's actually um, part of a motivator for him. I think it builds him up and he gets very excited about it. He's still able to run the course accurately. He's still able to do all the things that he needs to do out there, but he just kicks it up a notch with his speed and he really likes to start that way. So you know what? For him, that's how I'm going to start most of the time. Sometimes I still ask him to, to do a start line and when I do ask him to do that start line, I make sure that I am ready with a plan for what to do if he breaks it. And generally now he really doesn't, but I don't ask him to do it if I know it's going to lead to frustration for the both of us because that frustration will not end up in motivation for my dog. And that's what's really, really important. So sometimes coming to your dog and figuring out what is going to help them be motivated rather than trying to make them do exactly what we think of or what we want to be the perfect agility dog makes all the difference. So I hope that that gave you a little bit of um, information, inspiration maybe, uh, to working with your agility dogs and getting them to be fast and have fun and be happy out there on the course because I think that that's what's the most important. And um, yeah, have fun training, you guys. I will see you next week.